There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Unfollowing Mum. I'm your host, Harriet Shearsmith. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the way in which society views estrangement. More specifically, the impact that public figures who talk about toxic family experiences and perhaps their own estrangements, the impact that they actually have on the conversation around estrangement and whether or not it's a positive thing or a bit of a negative one. So everybody knows who is going to get discussed in this episode, obviously, and I think a lot of people will have their own thoughts and feelings around these public figures who talk about either estrangement or their experiences with toxic family. But we've seen a real increase in the last few years in big public figures, whether it be, yes, Prince Harry, or whether it be Jeanette McCurdy, who's come from Disney Channel fame, or Dylan Sprouse, again, another child star who's come from Disney fame, who was talking about it recently, or even even to like Britney Spears, who's a massive global superstar who's had a really public difficult experience with her family. We've seen a real increase in the conversation surrounding estrangement from these public figures and in the conversation surrounding toxic family, toxic parents and actually acknowledging that life is not all dandy in a way that we've never really seen before. It seems to have come much more to the forefront recently than ever before. I think there's some real value in looking at that and examining the way in which these public figures, one, have spoken about these experiences, but two, the reception that they've received, because I think it's been so different depending on which star or which public figure has spoken about their experience and the context in which they've been speaking about it. Okay, so let's start by looking at how society views estrangement. So in my experience, estrangement is a very taboo topic. It's something that people do not want to discuss. Whether it's awkwardness of not really knowing what to say or whether it's because there's a real shame around estrangement and a real societal attitude that you owe your parents a relationship purely because they are your parents. Regardless, it's a really 
shameful topic that people do not want to discuss that is absolutely coated in taboo. And what I've found is that even people who are estranged themselves will often say, oh, well, yeah, I'm estranged, but I don't keep going on about it because they feel that in order to talk about it, that must mean they're centering themselves as a victim or they're trying to get attention. And especially if you were raised with that attitude of talking about your problems or talking about a negative experience is living in it or is centering yourself as a victim or is just attention seeking how many of us were told oh you're just looking for attention here you need to get over it so many of us and I think that has a huge impact on the way in which we view estrangement the way in which we talk about it especially when it comes to estrangement from a family member and especially especially when it comes to estrangement from a parent Even in this modern age where I've noticed that there is more acceptance around talking about mental health, and yes, it depends on what generation you're talking to as to what reception you're getting, but even in this modern age where we are more open about mental health, we are making progress, we're not there yet, but we are making progress in how we talk about mental health, how we acknowledge it and how we accept it, there is still this real stigma around estrangement and around cutting off a toxic family member, or even sometimes acknowledging that there is a problem within the family there is kind of this old saying of keep it in the family and we don't talk about the family outside of the family that sounds almost mafia like this the family but there is the attitude of speaking ill around the family about the family outside of the family is a really negative thing to do and that's always baffled me it's one of the things that keeps abusers abusing because we don't want to talk about it and we're raised that if we do talk about it well we're just attention seeking I've lost count of the amount of people especially across social media who can say it with the protection of the anonymity of the internet and across platforms like TikTok and Instagram who've said to me you're just trying to be a victim you just want to be a victim everybody wants to be somebody who is a victim nowadays and I don't know about you but I don't know anybody who wants to be a victim but even in saying that saying that I was a victim of my parents abusive behaviors feels really uncomfortable because I don't want to be a victim I think the people who talk about these things aren't seeing themselves as victims but are seeing themselves as somebody who wants to talk about their truth who wants to share their lived experience and find validation in community because that's what it's all about I also think that there is a societal misconception that if we are talking about something and I've just touched on this a second ago it means that we're living in it and we're not letting go of it people will say the same thing if you're talking about your ex-partner's abuse of oh you've got to let it go you've got to get over it but actually you might well have got over it you might well have let go of the pain and the hurt surrounding it and worked towards healing yourself gone to therapy done all the necessary things that it takes to move forward when you've had this experience but by talking about it that doesn't necessarily mean that you are wallowing in it or living in it or self-pitying it means that you are sharing your experience in order to help others as well as to help yourself now if you're a regular listener of the podcast you will know that I love drawing parallels between the way in which people view estrangement and the way in which they view other things so let's do that right here 
Think about somebody who talks about their experience with drug abuse. We would not say to them, oh, you're wallowing in self-pity if they were talking to other people who were currently abusing drugs and trying to get them to take a different path, trying to help them through it. However that might look, we would look at them and say, you know, that's a really good thing to do. Then flip it and look at somebody who talks about estrangement and their experience with estrangement and the mental health impact that that can have, and suddenly they're wallowing in self-pity. And I get asked the question all the time, especially on TikTok, of, well, what does this achieve? What does talking about this actually do other than hurt your mother? And what it does is it allows other people to know that they are not alone. It allows those people who are still in those toxic situations to know that there is an alternative route if they choose to cut off a family member. They're not the only ones going through it and there is support out there. That it allows other people to know that they're not the only ones who have these problems within their their families and that the saying of you never really know what goes on behind closed doors really is true because you don't we don't exact change and we don't change societal ideas we don't change the stigma around things unless we talk about them but with estrangement and with toxic families the stigma runs so deep that even when people do start to talk about them and even with the tiny shifts that we are seeing there is still so much work to do which I think leads me nicely into are these public figures talking about all this actually being helpful or not? And I think that question is pretty obviously answered with a bit of both. The impact that public figures have on the conversation is huge because it encourages more people to start talking about their own experiences and that's where the change sits, I feel. But it really depends on a couple of factors. One, is the person who's talking about it likeable and do they have a good public persona? Because if the answer to that is no, then it definitely seems to have a negative impact on the way in which estrangement is spoken about and the public perception. Does the media like them? Again, if the answer is no, then it becomes really difficult to see anything positive in what they're saying because they are they are positioned as a negative figure and once you position someone as negative anything that they are saying becomes negative it's also worth mentioning that a lot of these public figures that do talk about their experiences come from and are still in positions of immense privilege and wealth which makes it very difficult for them to be relatable figures and it makes it difficult for people to feel empathy because they look at this position, they look at this immense wealth, this privilege, this life that seems so easy from the outside and think, well, what have you got to complain about? And this is where I think Prince Harry comes in. Harry is undoubtedly the most controversial or rather divisive figure talking about estrangement at the moment. And I would argue potentially the one that's had the biggest impact on the conversation surrounding estrangement and the way in which we as a society, speak about estrangement, think about estrangement and view it. Certainly the way in which the media views it, the way in which the media speaks on it. I have never had so many media calls asking me to speak on the radio as I have since Harry's book came out, people wanting to talk to me about my experience with estrangement. And when I have done these radio interviews, it's been a really mixed bag. Sometimes it would be just wanting the experience of someone who is estranged saying, actually, look, toxic families and estrangement are far more common than you might think they are. There is one 
in five people who experience some kind of estrangement. Other times it would be positioned almost as a bit of a debate. So there would be myself as the estranged person, the bad person who's cut off their poor family. And then there would be the other person who'd maybe had a bit of a difficult experience, but managed to make everything work and come through it triumphant and I was positioned as the failure and the other person would be positioned as the one who managed to just you know get on with it and do stiff upper lip as the British would say. I remember on one lovely occasion I was asked do you not feel bad that your children don't have contact with your mum? Do you not feel guilty? What are the things that you might miss about your mum? (laughs) And it was a really difficult conversation, but it very much played to whatever demographic of listeners would be there. But it all came from the week in which Prince Harry launched his book and from the conversation around the estrangement within the royal family. And we know this is not the first estrangement within the royal family, but it is the first estrangement that has been discussed so publicly by the people actually involved or some of the people. So I think in some ways it's fair to say that Prince Harry talking about his experience of a toxic childhood and childhood trauma, there is undoubtedly some CPTSD within there and PTSD he acknowledges within his book, which I have read. I do find it interesting. I have no interest in the royal family or in Harry and Meghan as public figures and royals, but I do have interest in childhood trauma and in toxic families and estrangement and the book was interesting there was a lot of trauma that were within those pages that I think we as a society like to glance over because it makes us feel better about the circus that is the royal family and indeed any celebrity in which the media takes a keen interest in if we feel we're entitled to access to them then they become something less of a human one of the things that I was told when I did radio interviews following Harry's book release was that they wanted to hear from a real person and of course they were hearing from a real person he wrote a book but they didn't want to hear from a privileged wealthy public figure they wanted to hear from somebody that they viewed as a real person but we're all real people one thing I did find interesting when I was reading the book was that Harry almost seemed completely oblivious to his immense privilege and I think that that impacts how likable this person is because he would talk about not getting on with his father being depressed as a a young teenager and struggling desperately with his relationship with his brother and all of these different things that we can all relate to as adult children who've grown up within a toxic dynamic but then would say how he you know went off to Botswana for a month just to get away (laughs) I mean talk about unrelatable and that's where the problem with public figures talking about their experiences with estrangement will always lie because they aren't relatable they live in a different reality to the reality that the majority of us live in and people really struggle to get past that if you can get past the fact that he didn't seem to think it was any different that he trotted off to Botswana for a month to get away from the trials and tribulations of being a member of a very toxic stilted family then what you read is an account of a childhood that just like mine and just like many of yours as listeners was incredibly traumatic and not just because of the parental death which is always traumatic for children to experience but because of the emotional abuse and the emotional coldness within the family as he tells it. 
I've spoken to so many people who have the similar experience to Harry of having the spouse blamed when they turn up on the scene. And from his own account, it very much seems that his spouse encouraged him to go to therapy to deal with the things that had happened in his childhood, which is relatable for so, so many people who eventually cut off toxic parents because their spouse has encouraged them to go to therapy or because their spouse has shown them a different way in which a family unit lives and works and once they've come outside of that family unit that they see as their norm that's when they start to realize oh hang on a minute this wasn't right and actually yeah it's perfectly valid that this really hurt me and made me really unhappy because it's not normal and it's not okay but again we go back to them not being likable and being these public figures that are immensely wealthy that are immensely privileged and we hit that stumbling block again however if we look at Jeanette McCurdy who wrote I'm Glad My Mom Died her memoir about her experience as a child star talking about a very narcissistic mother who was abusive it's been a very different reception because she has come across as likeable not only that but I feel that the type of abuse that someone receives is often used as a benchmark or a gauge as to whether or not they should be given sympathy as to whether or not they should be allowed to cut ties with a toxic parent or whether they are deemed someone who's looking to be a victim or someone who is a victim. When Jeanette McCurdy's book was first announced, the title is obviously quite shocking, I'm glad my mum died, and I saw a whole host of people commenting on her posts, you're disgusting, this is ridiculous, how could anybody say that about their mother, you're evil, you're cruel, and then when it transpired that there had been physical and indeed sexual abuse, the narrative changed completely. When the excerpts from the book about narcissistic abuse were first released, it was, you're disgusting, you're awful, how could you say that about your mother? But then when it was released that Jeanette had been subjected to vaginal examinations by her mother, well, that was a different story. That was a a decent enough level of abuse that she was allowed to be glad that her abuser had died. And as Helen Villas said on a previous episode when talking about narcissistic parents and abuse, emotional abuse is the cornerstone of all abuse. It's not a lesser type of abuse. It's not a competition between who was abused worse. The fact that Jeanette's mother bullied her, made her work as a child star, belittled her, told her that she was nothing and then treated her like she was everything at a whim and did all of the things that so many of us relate to as children of narcissists that should be enough that she should be allowed to be glad that her mum's gone that she should be allowed to be glad that she has freedom from that toxic relationship but it's not not in the eyes of society so when we look at these relationships and we look at the way in which they are portrayed in the media Jeanette was instantly easier to swallow as a victim because there were other types of abuse than someone like Harry or indeed Dylan Sprouse who's recently done podcasts talking about his narcissistic mother and talking about his experience as a child star very very similar to Jeanette McCurdy in fact I'd see comments from people say, oh, just trying to be the male version of Jeanette McCurdy. And when I saw that in particular on a recent podcast interview, it actually really struck me because Jeanette McCurdy was one of the females who'd come out and spoken about her experience with a toxic mother and with toxic family and was instantly more believable as a victim and more believable and accepted as someone who had experienced this type of abuse than perhaps Prince Harry, Dylan Sprout, 
spouse and other males who have come forward and spoken about it, is there something in looking at the way in which we as a society are more willing to accept females, A, as victims, but also look at the mother-daughter relationship and accept that that can be toxic more than we can accept that the father-son or the mother-son in particular can be toxic. And looking at the further reach, what impact will that have on men coming forward to talk about their experience of a narcissistic mother or perhaps talk about their experience of toxic family? We already know that male mental health is at such a low point and so stigmatised and that men who do come forward and talk about their experiences of abuse are labelled weak or treated as somehow inferior. And judging by the way in which the public has responded to Dylan Sprouse and the public has responded to Prince Harry, I would argue that perhaps we don't even see males in childhood as worthy of protection in the way that we see females in childhood as worthy of protection. Or as figures who are allowed to experience emotional abuse and that is valid and treated as something that is just as damaging as any other type of abuse. Again, we come full circle because Dylan Sprouse's interviews, he was not likeable. In fact, the Dylan Sprouse interviews I found incredibly interesting because he spoke about his mother as a narcissist and about his experience with her, but also spoke about how he picked up so many of her toxic traits and how he himself had displayed narcissistic traits during his youth, especially when he was at the height of his fame, when he was in his late teens and early 20s, and how he himself had acted as a narcissist and was worried that he was a narcissist. And again, referring back to the interview that I did last week with Helen Villers and Katie McKenna, who are psychotherapists specialising in narcissism, we all have narcissism. We all have a healthy narcissism, which is a sense of wanting good things for us, feeling that we should be allowed to have a nice promotion or that we should aspire to have other things. And then there is toxic narcissism, which is a personality disorder, which is what's discussed when we talk about people as narcissists. If you didn't listen to that episode, I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you feel that you were raised by a narcissistic parent. I will definitely ask Helen and Katie to come back on the podcast at some point because their insights were so insightful and I recommend their podcast Insight as well because if you've been raised by a narcissist, it's so validating. But going back to the topic at hand, I thought it was incredibly brave and interesting from Dylan Sprouse to acknowledge that he'd picked up these narcissistic traits from his mother and run with them, essentially, and wreaked havoc at times in his youth. Did he come across as likeable? Absolutely not. And I do think that had an impact on the way in which he had been received. So what is the impact when somebody is not likeable but is talking about estrangement? Well, from my point of view, I'd noticed there was an uptake in people commenting on my content talking about my estrangement from my mother or talking about cutting ties with parents and noticed similar to other people that I follow across social media who do the same. There seems to be a flippant nodding of heads and agreement with each other across social media and across society in general when someone isn't likeable but talks about their experience with a toxic parent or estrangement that actually will label everybody who talks about these things and tar them with the same brush. And that does have a damaging impact. It makes you feel more shameful. It makes you feel that perhaps you shouldn't be talking about these things and perhaps you should be doing as some people will suggest, keeping it to yourself or just getting over it. On the complete flip side, whilst it is difficult to hear the negative responses to people like Dylan Sprouse, 
Prince Harry and others, there is a positive impact to be had from public figures coming forward and talking about their experiences of estrangement, their experiences with narcissistic parents, because it raises awareness and it encourages other people to come forward and start talking about it more. Despite the negativity, you don't have to look far in any of the comment sections, whether it be clips shared of Dylan Sprouse's interview or whether it be clips shared about Prince Harry's book, excerpts, whatever it might be, or Jeanette McCurdy talking on the red table, you don't have to look far to see this massive response of people saying, yep, I relate to this, this was my experience. And there is power in people coming forwards. Again, it's as I spoke to Julian Abby Williams on our episode about the power of community healing and working through estrangement. There is real power in community, in seeing other people saying and validating your experience. And yes, we want validation to come from within ourselves and it absolutely can working through our issues in therapy. But there is a huge power in seeing and shifting the way in which society views estrangement. And make no mistake, we absolutely are seeing those big shifts in societal attitudes towards talking about estrangement, despite the fact that older generations are clinging to silencing people talking about their experiences and encouraging their children to do the same. We are seeing more and more people talking openly about this experience. That's why it's referred to on social media as an estrangement craze. I had a comment from somebody last week who said to me, sad that this trend is ripping family is apart whatever happened to compassion forgiveness and empathy and I did a video reply to that woman which you can see on TikTok saying that it's not the case that estrangement is a trend it's that the younger generations are not being conditioned as much to excuse abusive behavior because of familial ties and we are getting to a place where we do speak about them more and it has to be said that public figures coming out and talking more about these lived experiences and their own estrangements despite the horrendous abuse that they might receive or may not receive depending on who they are is having an impact in the way in which we talk about estrangement and the frequency with which we see estrangement and narcissistic parents spoken about in the media, online and in society in general. And as I said to that commenter, I have heaps of compassion, forgiveness and empathy. I just don't use it to invalidate people who have been victims of abusive behaviour. And I think that that is becoming more commonplace. And I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) That is the end of today's episode, guys. I hope that it's been thought-provoking for you and I would love to know your thoughts on the matter, on whether or not you think public figures have an impact on the societal conversation and what that impact actually is. You can get in touch with me at Toby and Rue on TikTok or on Instagram. You can always drop me an email at harriet at tobyandrue.com. I would love to know your thoughts, love to know what you think about this as a topic of conversation because it is something that fascinates me, the way in which we as a society, this kind of collective psyche views estrangement and especially when public figures come into the fold and how they impact the conversation around it. I do think it's something that is worthwhile looking at and discussing. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you again next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.